Hello and welcome to Patty's Got Your Six podcast. I'm Patty, along with my first mate, my wife, Kathy. Hello. Uh, Kath, can you tell us how our listeners can get hold of us and or if they have a want to be interviewed or if they have somebody they recommend to be interviewed. That's right. Any ideas you've got, we'd love to hear them. Uh, check out our website, veteranshelpingheroes.com. There's a contact us form you can complete um, and let us know your thoughts. And, of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Veterans Helping Heroes. All right. And our first guest is actually our first interview with a Coast Guard veteran. Um, he's a U.S. Coast Guard veteran. He's a retired Chicago police detective of 30 years. He's the commander of the American Legion Post 171 in Crystal Lake, Illinois. And he's involved with the Vets for Veterans Blue Families program. And we'd like to welcome Charlie Morgan. Charlie, permission aboard, sir. You're, you're granted. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh, being in the Coast Guard. Well, it was it was kind of an interesting uh, way I became the Coast Guard. I, um, you know, my father had passed away, and I'm the only child. Wow! And uh, all of a sudden, I got that draft notice. I was I was telling myself, I said, you know, that that's the that's the only lottery I ever won in my life. <laughs> and I, you know, and I I, I won it, and uh, I was drafted. I was scheduled to go into the army, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my mom and my my grandmother and my great aunt was living with us, and it's like. Ooh. So I went, uh, I went to have a little bit of background that I, I knew about the Coast Guard. I went to the founder of Coast Guard recruiter, went there and I showed him the paperwork and talked to him and said, Hey, you know, I'd be interested in maybe coming in the Coast Guard. And the guy said, Ooh, boy, he said, you got this paperwork. He says, you're in the army now. And I'm like, really? He's like, yep. He said, but I'll tell you what, he said, you take a test. And if you can, if you can score high enough on this test, he said, we'll see what we can do about getting in there. Next thing I know, I'm in the Coast Guard. I'm wow. on a bus to, to Cape May, New Jersey. That's where they do the training, correct? Yes. Now, uh, this was, might be a silly Yeah, this might be a silly question, but was the Coast Guard involved in Vietnam? Oh, yes, we were. And actually, if you look at the number of, you know, the Coast Guard is a very, very small branch, so a lot of us, you know, we, we're, we're cross-rated. I mean, we, we'll handle all sorts of things. Um, but because it's such a small branch of the service, uh, when we went over there, uh, we, the if you look at the, the statistics as far as the number of people that uh, servicemen that died and the, the the number of people that are in that branch of the service, the Coast Guard actually lost more people per capita than any of the other branches. I didn't know that in the Coast Guard. I mean, in, in Vietnam. So what were they doing? PT boats, river patrols, all that. River patrols, mostly, yeah. Wow. People forget that, and a lot of people don't realize that wherever there's a, a, a large group of U.S. citizens, there's usually a detachment of Coast Guard there somewhere. That's it. Think about it, true. Huh. And how long were you in for? Well, I was in until they threw me out. <laughs> uh, I got my, my honorable discharge on 4 March of 2007. Wow. And I went in in... in uh, 1972. Holy cow! That's a long time. Yeah, it is. And what were your but where were you stationed? Was, actually, that wasn't all, that wasn't you know all active. That was mostly reserve time. But yes. Did you do anything on Lake Michigan? Oh yeah, I was stationed when I first got out. I, I went to uh, uh, Calumet uh, Lifeboat Station, Calumet Harbor Lifeboat Station, 
and we did we did some rescues in that out in out in Lake Michigan, uh, performed some different uh, functions out there, and then I was transferred to uh, the Marine Safety Office in downtown Chicago out of the Customs House, uh. um, and that's where I kind of traded a boat for a car, and uh, we did patrols uh, and checked out the different um, you know for pollution up and down the rivers. There you go. So you got out of the Coast Guard and you went back into the civilian world. What was your transition? Well, I was actually, I was actually kind of quasi at that time. And when I got out in 70, in 07, rather, I was in the reserve. So it was, I was both. So uh, I went into the, the police department. Um, it was just like, it, it, it was a, um, a transition. You know, I, I was used to the military way of doing things and, and I, you know, I tried a couple of different jobs that just, they just weren't right for me. Right. Um, and uh, I, I found out that the police department was hiring. I, I uh, signed up, went in there, and I felt at home because it, it was a quasi-military organization. And, you know, they had a rank structure, and I understood all that. And I felt like I fit right in. There you go. So if you have young veterans getting out of active duty, what do you recommend they do as far as getting on board with uh... – the police department, they uh, just apply. Well, today, to- today's, today's, the way today is, it's difficult, but I would, I would definitely say it's an option to look into. If you're, you know, you, it, it you, you go through the, the same, like I said, the same kind of a structure. You've got a command staff. You, you, you know how to deal with that. Um, I, yeah, I felt, I, like I said, I, I felt pretty much at home. I understood you know, when when I got orders, I understood it. I understood that that's what you know I'm required to do. Um, so yeah, it, I think it's I think it's a good option. Did your reserve status interfere with your civilian job at all, or? Um, no, it didn't. Not really. Hmm. But I'll tell you what. When I get out, my hardest uh, a part of transitioning is just the I don't know. I guess the lack of discipline in the civilian world is shocking when you're. I was mm-hmm. in. I was in for two tours, and it's like wow. But the uh, job opportunities yep. out there, and the uh, more importantly, the uh, educational opportunities out there with the GI Build. And oh yeah, some yeah. I mean that, that was one of the big things too with 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 the police department. Um, besides your VA benefits, I mean you got the, the police department offered. You know you can go up. There was guys that got became lawyers out of what the police department you know paid for. There you go. Good stuff. So yeah, you can you can get your your degree and everything through them too. All right. So tell us a little bit about you being the commander at the American Legion Post One Seventy One. And like I said earlier, um, I'm with the American Legion and uh, Gurney here Seven Seven One, and uh, our mutual friend Bob Dorn, who's your uh, member of your uh, post. Uh, he's my he's my senior vice commander. Senior yep. vice commander, right? And we're going to do stuff together. We're going to have a sit down with. Uh, our post and your post and uh, see what we can do to help you with your program vets for veterans and blue families. So yeah, that's, that's one of the big things that, that I want to do. I think, you know, I, just like a lot of the other um, veteran organizations, whether you're BFW or, or, you know, any of the other organizations nowadays, it, people, you know, the younger generation don't seem to be joiners like what we used to do. Um, and so it's, it's a tough thing. So we, we need to work together, you know, for the common good of the veteran. That's what we're about. It's not about me or you or whatever. It's that veteran that's out there that we need to help. And so I'm a firm believer in that. And, and the one thing that, that 
I really appreciate with Bob and the rest of my my group that's in my uh, my officers and that is, you know, they're willing to do whatever. I mean, I, we talk about it. We have meetings. We talk about different projects. And next thing I know, bingo, we're, we're doing them. There you go. And I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, Kathy yeah. and I started this podcast just for that reason. There's a wealth of uh, associations out there. And to get them together for one subject or one topic, and I think it would be a powerhouse. Our goal is to go from Key West to Alaska with all the um, – uh, American Legion Post, VFW Post, the Marine Corps Leagues, and uh, trying to get a podcast throughout the whole network. And uh, if uh, one post needs help, you all get yeah. together. and Resources, and, helping resources. There you go. Exactly. That's our goal. And uh, Absolutely. And that's, that's exactly what I, I, I said. You know, I'm, I, we, we have to work together to, to, for the, the common good. And uh, that's how I feel we, we should do I mean, when we had when we hosted our first event, as veterans for veterans and, and uh, veteran families and blue families, um, we went out and we started reaching out to these different uh, uh, help groups. You know, whether it was was uh, horse therapy or you know physical therapies, whatever whatever it was, and we brought in we had close to close to forty different organizations, and a lot of those organizations didn't even know the other ones existed. That's 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 a fact. Yes. Uh, just and to, and it, it's you know and it's a shame it really is you know oh, yeah. um, and like I said it's you know the the uh, suicide rate amongst veterans and first responders uh, one is too many you know I, I'll have people tell me I said you, you know the the stats that we hear about you know twenty two veterans a day take their lives and I've, I've talked to people and they'll say oh no 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 you know it's, it's only seventeen I said really <laughs> only seventeen. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. one is too many. Yeah. And now do you so, find, do you, you know, do you find that the VA has adequate programs and so forth for PTSD? You know, they got good, they got really good programs, but I think, you know, they, they even are realizing that, that, you know, the mental health portion of what they do, they're trying to play catch up and, and it's hard. And I think they're even realizing that they need to be able to reach out to other organizations you know, that, that can assist them on that. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. And I, I just, you know, I don't think it's, it's necessarily the VA's fault. It's just, they didn't realize it. And I, and I think right now, um, you know, these other organizations need to step up and, and the VA needs to contact them and, and get them on board. Right. And the uh, blue families, first responders, a lot of them are veterans and uh, the effect on the families themselves is, is um, yeah, is tremendous. But anyways, and 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 as far as like uh, interrupt you there for a second, no, no problem. The blue families, you know, and that's first responders, and it doesn't mean just policemen, it's the firemen, you know, first uh, paramedics, whatever. Right. You know, uh, for years, I mean, people they didn't realize that police officers, and I'll talk about police officers, and I'm again, this is across the board. Um, we suffered from PTSD. Yep. And they 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 never they never recognized it because if they did, you know, now all of a sudden they're opening up, you know, a can of worms for for the uh, medical, you know, having to take care of us. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And it is a major problem. What what you guys go through on a daily basis? I don't think your typical civilian realizes it. Oh gosh, no. It's amazing. 
Uh, so with your uh, veter- veterans and blue families, you have an event coming up that you're going to be. Uh... Yes. What, what, what we're looking to do, um, you know, we, we hosted the first one two years ago. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. We, we had a, a decent turnout. Uh, we held one last year, and I don't know if it was just because of, of COVID or what uh, is the response wasn't as good. Uh, we we were I was disappointed, you know. Even though the the vendors that I we had there, these other organizations, uh, they were happy just to talk to each other. So they were they like that. But I just thought I would have liked to have had more people. So one of my members uh, mentioned at a meeting saying, you know, why why don't we pair up with another um, festival or another group that um, has already done the heavy lifting, has already brought in the families and the, and the, the groups? Um, how about we, we pair up with them? So that's what we're looking to do this year is to, to, in September to be paired up with the uh, Johnny Appleseed, which is a huge there event here in Crystal Lake. Um, bring in, you know, thousands of people and runs for several days. And we're hoping, you know, we could, we could maybe put up a tent and, uh, have these, as many as we can fit in that tent, the, um, these different agencies that we, we work with and, um, we're hoping to, to be able to attract veterans this way. I think it's a great idea. Start local. And you're doing uh, programs for uh, women veterans too, which, uh, I think is great. Because we've, that we've, we've, we, I talked to, to Bob and I said, you know, I said, you know, we're doing a lot of things for, and geared for like the male veteran. And it's like, you know, we're missing the whole boat. There's, there's a whole nother group out there, female veterans. And Bob started looking around. And he says, yeah, he says, you know, a, a female veteran is 250 times greater to take her own life than the female civilian wow. counterpart. Yeah. It's like 250 times greater. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, holy smokes, this is, we've got to do something about that this. That is an underserved so, population. Absolutely, yes. Yes. So, and, and so we're doing everything we can to try to reach out to the, the, the female veteran. Um, the problem is a lot of the, the um, and I'll talk, speak about the, the Legion, you know, we're very male centric. Um, and, so I think a lot of the female veterans look at us and they're like, you know, there, there's no value. I, we don't see a value in, in joining the Legion. But there's other organizations, there's other groups that we could maybe bring in that, that could give them some a reason. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking possibly with a, a group called She's the Vet out of, out of uh, South Carolina or Charleston. We spoke to the, the person who started that. And that looks like an, a viable thing that we might be able to start a chapter, uh, totally standalone chapter, not with the Legion, but totally standalone chapter that, to help the female veteran. That's a great idea. Uh, one thing I found at the American Legion here in Gurney, uh, post 771, mm-hmm. it's open to the public. And uh, you'll find the civilian world is very, very supportive of, uh, of veterans. And in conversations I've had there, we had some, uh, you know, some CEOs in there, and they don't even have programs or parts of their corporations that deal with veterans. And you'll be shocked if you call up a big corporation and say, hey, can I talk to your veterans outreach program? They're like, well, we don't have one, but hold on. And then you talk to somebody, and you can actually incorporate a program where they help you out. They'll start programs where they can hire vets, and it's, it's an amazing network. 
Yeah. That, yeah. I, I would love to get into that. I mean, we don't, we don't own a building anymore. Um, so, you know, we, we meet at a, at a, a foundation. The reason we do that is just because of the fact that um, due to COVID and all that, that people, uh, a lot of our, our members didn't feel comfortable meeting in person. So right, we had to right. do zooming. And so we, this place has at least a, a decent um, audio visual connection. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of hopped in on that. Um, I mean, my dream would be ultimately to get an, a building again, maybe. Um, but right now it, it, I, I'd rather take the money that we would normally pay to either buy a building or to, to, uh, to rent someplace and use that for the veteran. There you go. Mm. Great idea. So what can, uh, the listeners out there, what can they do to help vets for veterans and blue families? Uh, can you give us some, uh, suggestions here? Um, well, <laughs> I think I think definitely try to attend the the uh, Johnny Appleseed. You know, come and, and and look for us, and we'll be there. Um, you know, come and talk with us. Uh, there's there's a lot of, of of ideas. We we the American Legion right now is pushing what they call a program called Be the One, and we're we're really on top of this. We're we're we got banners. We're, we're going to have flyers that we're going to try to reach out uh, to some of the different sporting venues to pass this stuff out. Yes. Uh, and it's be the one, be the one to, to, you know, if you see somebody that's in crisis, be the one to ask the question, you know, are you feeling okay? You know, are you sleeping? Are you, you know, do you need some, some, you know, do you need to talk to me, whatever, and be the one to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the hardest thing, especially for, for a male, I think to, to listen um, and to listen to the people and then to be able to, they have the resources to, to direct them to somewhere right, where they right. can, they can get help. Right. Absolutely. Uh, listening is key. And, and, and more importantly is veteran to veteran because they know you've been there, done that and understand right. actually what's going on. So that's, absolutely. A, that's an absolutely great point. All and, right. And the, the big thing too is, is you don't want to, you don't want to turn people off. You know I mean? No. If you, if right. you are trying to, to talk to a veteran and you try to pretend that you know you're a veteran or you pretend that you you know what you're talking about um a veteran will spot that immediately a mile away and, absolutely and turn you right off mm-hmm. all so right if you don't understand it you, you tell them you know i hear you you're doing uh, great yeah. stuff there charlie and uh along with uh, bob dorn which we just interviewed uh this program mm-hmm. vets for veterans and blue families has a lot of potential outstanding program and uh I told Bob Dorn that uh, I'm talking to my legion here and we're going to have a sit down and see what we can do together. And from that, I hope it snowballs to uh, other legions in the area and across the, uh, across the uh, great state of Illinois. Yeah. I don't know if Bob mentioned to you at all about our, our uh, um, looking into the e-gaming. Oh no, that's a good idea. Yeah. We're, we're looking to, uh, start to try to attract some younger veterans mm-hmm. and you know the the younger veterans are big into gaming right um and it's not uh-huh. just battle games all kinds of, of stuff that they've got going and we're looking to start have a little portal here of four computers and invite the younger vets to come in and and eat game and and there's a a mental health component to that mm-hmm. and uh yeah i think it's it's, it's really uh, exciting 
That's an interesting That's uh, a great direction. Idea. Yeah. See, when you, you put a group together, you come up with great ideas. That's right. All right, Charlie, yeah. we thank you so much for your time. And everybody out there, uh, get a hold of Vets for Veterans and Blue Families and, uh, and give them some support. And uh, Plan on going to that Johnny Appleseed. Absolutely, which we'll have uh, on our website, and we'll update you uh, as we get closer to the dates. But we were talking with Charlie Morgan, the commander of American Post 171 in Crystal Lake, and the program is Vets for Veterans and Blue Families. And, Charlie, we're looking forward to working with you, and thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you.